G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, this time with an interview all the way from the USA. Yes, it's the one and only Patrick PJ Koenig. If you're like me and you follow a lot of the golf content creators online, you will know Patrick's work from his RGV tour right through to his photography work and just his general laconic, fun-loving, funny nature that we all love to tune into to get a little bit of a lift every time we see Patrick's content pop up. It was an awesome experience to be able to sit down for over an hour uh, in this interview to talk to Patrick and you can see he's just so passionate passionate about golf he's so passionate about meeting people enjoy this interview with pj go and check his website out there's some cool content over there from his photos uh, a bit of a dossier on his rgv tour experience and check out the awards that he handed out while he was on that tour they're quite uh, quite funny thanks again for listening if you've liked the episode leave us a review over on itunes if there's one thing that you could do to help me that'd be awesome it's leave a review leave a rating subscribe all of that over on itunes just helps the podcast grow helps people find out about the podcast and really helps us know that we're doing some things that you like to hear. Appreciate your time. Appreciate listening. Enjoy this interview with PJ Koenig all the way from the USA. And thanks again for listening. Patrick Koenig, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast, all the way from Orange County in the US of A. Patrick, how are you? Oh, it's, uh, it's a sunny day uh, here in, in Orange County, California. It was raining early, but the sun has come out, and I'm happy to be on the podcast. Beautiful. Well, I really do appreciate you giving me your time. You, for me, are certainly someone that I've followed your journey for, I guess, a number of years, you know, since I became interested and involved in at a deeper level for golf and golf photography, golf architecture, and just following interesting people's journeys. And you are certainly one of the guys that I, uh, I look up to and, and enjoy following. Oh, I was saying, well, thank you. I, I always love to hear things like that because uh, it's inspiring me to, to keep going. And if people are following along my journey and uh, looking up to me. I got I to gotta make sure to not let them down. So thanks for that. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you say you know, you get inspired by hearing that, I think guys and girls like yourselves have a great role of inspiring people like me and the broader audience because I think you know, my, my feeling is you create content and vision and information, ideas that give us something to look at that inspire us to want to go and do golf. You know, we're both here because we love golf. Do golf more. Do golf differently and do it at a wider level. You know, travel, experience golf in whatever way, shape and form that you can. And that handful, that core group of people like yourself that, that, are, that are giving us that sort of inside run, inside look. And, you know, you create inspiration by, by what you do. So, you know, thank you. Let's go right back to the start, Patrick. Let's go right back to the start. Okay. When, did, when did golf become a thing for you? Well, it's, uh, you trace back to where I was born in, in, uh, in Indiana. And I was a little kid, and I, I didn't play like a lot of the kids growing up that were really good. I mean, as soon as they walked, they started playing golf. Uh, and I didn't pick up the game. You know, what I did is I, there was a, a little golf course called Arlington Park, and it's a little par, nine-hole par three. You got a couple par fours that are the longest one is like 299 yards. And so I, I went out there, and I would find golf balls in the creek. Uh, and they did that for like maybe like a year. I just go and find these golf balls, and I I sell them actually at the local uh, garage sale. Our association, our neighborhood association, would have 
a garage sale every year, and I had all these golf balls that I'd bring out and sell. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Back then, we were selling them for a quarter off top. I think it was like I don't know, ten dollars a dozen. Some pretty good golf balls, but I mean, we would make a bunch of money. We made about. I had my friends that were part of it, and we. And I remember one year I made like five hundred bucks during the garage sale. And I was, I was, I don't know, I was like eight or something. I thought I was going to, I had, that was it. I'd made it. I was like <laughs> notifying my parents that I'm going to move out and get my own place <laughs> based on my, my golf ball sales. But naturally that kind of turned into me just picking up the game and, and sort of playing it. And for most people that love golf, it's not like a, oh, you know, I played once or twice. For us that are passionate about it, it's like a disease. You know, you get it, and it's like, oh, I need it. I need it to breathe. I love it so much. I can't get enough of it. And every time you're out there, there's 75 reasons why you need to come back the next day. Or, I mean, I, there's there's literally thousands of reasons why I love golf. Uh, and so I just started uncovering those and uh, been on a journey ever since I was, I was probably when I started playing tears, I was maybe more like 11 years old. When did you think that uh, golf was going to become your place in the world? You know, golf was going to be a thing for you that you could turn into a, a career and start producing. Yeah, yeah, was so it, that's, that's interesting because, you know, growing up, you're always like, you don't really, golf is so competitive because everybody loves golf and everybody could dream to work in golf. And so you're, there's, there's a lot of supply and not that much demand. Um, and so I, I ventured out into the world on a, uh, in a sales career um, in, in telecom and software sales for years. And I was just kind of one of those weekend warriors. You know, I made good money and um, I, I'd be able to take some trips. And so I started seeing these great courses as a lot of people do. I mean, that's all they do. You have your normal job and then, you know, three or four times a year, if you're lucky, you're going to go and play a place like you know, abandoned dunes or take a trip to, to Scotland or Ireland once in a lifetime to see those sort of places. So that's the sort of guy that I was at, at that point in time. Um, and it wasn't until, I mean, I really do owe it all to social media for, I would always just take photographs uh, when I would go to these places and I would be so excited because there's something about a photograph that you can, you can capture that feeling that you feel and everybody, every golfer knows it where you're on some hole and it's just beautiful. And then, you know, the sun is setting and it's why you're there because you're like, this is just perfect right now where we're at. And the photograph, a good one will, will capture that and take it with you. So I, I would always try to share that. It was always kind of in my goal to bottle that feeling and that, that view and that, that, the beauty of so many different golf courses. I started sharing those on social media and uh, this was, uh, now there's, there's hundreds of people doing a similar thing, but this was back when it, it, not everybody was, was doing it. Instagram was started to first come out. And I had a decent amount of followers from that. With um, following uh, on Instagram comes a certain sort of opportunity. The next thing you know, people are reaching out to you. Why don't you come out here and take photographs? Oh, well, this is great photo. I want to buy this photograph. It's like, well, geez, I better... I better get a little better at my craft if I'm if, if people are wanting to buy these things from me, and so I, I just naturally build it up. Um, and then it was always kind of a side job, you know. You would have these great opportunities that come along, and then and it started to become, uh, you know, after three or four years of doing this, it became the opportunity became bigger. And I thought, man, I could probably just I've always had this idea to do this thing, just purchase this an RV drive around the country and play golf. And I figured now would be the time to like kick it off and just go, just quit my job, 
buy an RV, drive around the country and just play golf and see what I can see what I can drum up in terms of a following and photographs and uh, make a make a name for my for myself and just go out there and most importantly just play golf and have fun. That was this idea that I had for for some time and so then I I did it. I mean I quit my job, purchased an RV and established something called the the recreational golf vehicle tour for the RGV tour. So, yeah. so instead of a, a recreational vehicle, it was a recreational golf vehicle. Yeah. That's all it was used for. It's just playing golf every single day. And man, I did it. I did it hard too. It was, I did 405 different golf courses in three and over the course of a year, 365 days. And I loved every second of it. It was unbelievable. The further I get away from it, this was in 2018. Yeah. Um, the, the more I look back, with just fondness. Um, I'll remember a round or, uh, I mean, I, a putt or something. I just had a conversation with a friend that I met out in Wisconsin. We were talking about this putt he made on the first hole you know, back in 2018 when he came and joined the, the tour. And so it's like those sort of memories are, there's an unbelievably vast amount of them yeah. over that, that course of the year. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of brings us up to, up to speed. So man, take me back. You're in the sales job and, and you're thinking about, you know, this is not me. Is that how you were thinking? Is I'm trying to uncover that little bit of the the layer back behind the onion. Is that when you made that decision that yeah, you know, flip this. You know, like this isn't me. We are we are in a great space and just thought that's it. I'm doing something different. Or was it like that moment where I'm just not enjoying this and I've got this vision and I'm just going to bite the bullet and go and do it? Is it a tough time or how did that sort of sit with you? Yeah, I mean that's it was a kind of a gradual thing. I loved I love sales and I love. The, the challenge of it and the success uh, and actually you know, helping people with, with business issues and, and being a part of their solution. And so that was always a lot of fun for me and the, the thrill of making a sale and um, making money. You know, that's, that's why people are in sales is to, to close those deals and make some money. That was always very exciting for me. Still is. But I found that as opportunities came for golf, it was a different, sort of love that I had for the game compared to a love for a love for sales. And when those opportunities came pretty regularly, I, I found myself less and less excited about, um, about sales and more excited about this new sort of avenue that's in the golf industry. And it's like, what lies for me out there is potentially, I don't know, it's, un, it's unknown and it's exciting. And I, and I just kind of said, I've got to do this because if I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll regret it when I'm dead. You know, I think when people will, will talk about, uh, I mean, when I look back at it, I was like, well, that was a, a definite demarcation point in my life. And uh, it set me off on this whole different trajectory that's ultimately been, uh, I guess, more uh, turbulent, but much more satisfying in terms of what I do on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I love it. I was one of those guys back in 2018 and when your Instagram, I think I only came to Instagram in 2017, or, but when you first popped up in, in my radar and you're in a, an RV, an RGV, uh, and I have this, mm-hmm. I used to work for Mercedes-Benz, right? So, and I loved and always have loved a van. Don't know why, yeah. you know, I was driving the flash cars in the office and all of that sort of thing, but I loved the van. You know, I sit in a van with the empty space and I think there's so much you can do in a van and obviously... You know, the thoughts would always turn to, and we did motorcycles at one stage. I, I was doing motorcycles, and, and we'd put the bikes in the back of the van and the back of the ute, and it, it just a van led to so many great experiences for me. And when I saw you in a van, 
doing golf and traveling, I was like, man, you know, this guy is really living, you know, one of my dreams, but I can't imagine how many other dudes like me around the world are sitting, were sitting back going, that's it. That's what we sure should be doing. Did you, did you, yeah. on a daily basis, you know, you would have had guys just reaching out going, man, I love what you're doing. I'm jealous, but just keep doing it. Did that, that would have been a source of inspiration. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it was the way that I ran the tour is when I first started, um, I, I planned states and different weeks. And so I had kind of like a general outline of where I was going to be with which state. And then I started filling some courses that I'd really love to go see. And so those were kind of on my radar. And then I said, who wants to join? Who wants to come play with me? I was, I'll play with anybody. Right. And, um, so then the request, I set up a little thing on my website where people could request to play with me. And then this, you know, the first time I got a hundred or so, um, and they didn't stop coming in. <laughs> they got more and more. I went on a couple podcasts. Um, Shane, Shane Bacon is a, is a friend of mine and he had me on his, uh, the clubhouse pod, which yeah. is popular. Yeah. One of the, the biggest ones in that after I was on that show, uh, I think it was, I was sitting in the clubhouse at Calusa Pines. So in Florida and I got a hunt, I think about 200 requests that day. Um, right after I got done with my round and I was like, Oh, Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have yeah. because there's always, there's that many people excited to play golf with you. It's awesome. But at the same time, I was like, I don't, when I got to New York, I was like, there's 123 people that want to play golf with me. I'm here for 14 days and there, there's 40 different courses they all want to play. How do I plan this thing? And I was like, you know, I jumped in and I did 36 a day. And I mean, that's a full-time job. If you look at how to, how to plan that and then golf 36 a day and then travel and find a place to sleep and then edit all the photos, create the social content, do the podcast. I mean, on and on you can go. And it was a nonstop, nonstop thing. And so like people are always like, man, that would have been, it would have been a grind and it it was, but the thing to get back to your original question was the thing that without a doubt made it every day exciting was the people every day. They're like, there's, they've been waiting for you to get here. Um, and you're like front here and they're, they're excited to see the RV and their the energy that they bring to that round of golf and, uh, excited to be a part of this little thing that I'd created. It just made every day thrilling in a sense, um, for one reason or other. And the stories go on and on. I mean, from, uh, you know, playing with people that invite me to sleep in their driveway, uh, to, to the kids are always the most passionate and, you know, because, I think as a kid, the world seems a little, the world seems smaller. And, um, and for some, a junior golfer growing up that has Instagram and follows Instagram golf accounts, um, he might think I'm some sort of giant celebrity or some huge, some huge deal if I'm in his, his world and he looks up to whatever I'm doing. And so I met a handful of those, those junior golfers that really were excited to be a part of it. And that was, those were always the most fun encounters for me because I, you could feel that they were genuinely thrilled and I could give them a t-shirt and, you know, sign their shirt or whatever it was. And they thought it was just the greatest thing in the world. So, I mean, how could you, how could you not be fueled with, uh, with golf firepower from an experience like that uh, regularly? I mean, I'd see people I'd be driving and people would be honking at me and, uh, 
that was that was fun. Once we, you know, you, people see on the road, and it's like you you've reached a a certain level of anonymity, and uh, albeit it's all in the golf world, and so you're not truly like globally famous, but like in this little golf sphere, uh, yeah, I would get recognized, and those those sort of things would be really cool to to have um, have happen on a daily basis. And I was always very very excited, maybe more excited to meet those sort of people that were. I had touched um, via the internet uh, than than they were even because so it was it was a cool thing, cool and magical thing I did. Definitely was. You know this little golf sphere that you mentioned just then. What's your current take on on this little golf sphere? Who are the people that that you think are are doing great in that world? I, I can only imagine that friends and associate with um, you know guys that are part of this golf sphere that uh, that you're referring to. What? Yeah, I mean it's. I think visually it started out from uh, from other photographers. So you, yeah. every photographer draws and takes things from other photographs that they've seen, and they think something's cool, or maybe they shy away from something else. But you know, I, I've made a ton of friends across the the social media space. You know, guys like uh, Channing uh, Channing Benjamin is a fellow yeah. fellow golf photographer, and then I mean, I could I literally there's 793 people that joined the joined the tour. But then you know, you have to put up with all the uh, beautiful golf women that obviously have a they curate following pretty rapidly, uh, as you can imagine on, on Instagram and just the, the internet in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from time to time, you get yeah, I've made some friends with some of those they call them social media influencers, right? Um, so uh, folks like that, I had Kenzie came out. Kenzie's a big friend, a friend of mine, and yeah. uh, Kenzie O'Connell, and she came out. We played, um, we played Pinehurst, and we did Tobacco Road, and we spent you know three, four days just kicking it in the in, in the RV. Um, later, I would go on to to shoot Kenzie's wedding. I was a, I was a wedding photographer at <laughs> a wedding later on at Band and Tunes, uh, uh, and so it's people like that that you you make that you're you're friends with and will be will be for life and those sort of things are really really cool and I met I met Kenzie through a through a job and so um, I mean there's it goes on I, I literally could yeah. you could do a whole podcast on how cool people are in golf um, and it's a small it's a small group too and so I feel like I've met most of the most of the people that, that do do things uh, on social media that are golf media uh, related and they're and they're great. They're great people. I don't know what it is about these these types of folks, but I think they're all very excited to be doing what they're doing for a living. And you find people when they're in their their golf world or they're playing golf, they're always like it's their best self. You know, they're always happy because they're doing something they love and are passionate about. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of bad eggs in that yeah. in that group. And I'd struggle to even really mention anybody that I haven't enjoyed spending time with and everybody brings their own sort of different talent. Uh, you know, I've met, um, people from all like Tom Coyne comes to mind. Tom Coyne, uh, is, 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 is I consider him a friend now. He wrote, wrote some great books, great books on his travels, a course called Ireland, a course called Scotland. And he recently just fi- uh, finished up something similar to what I did, but it was a, um, without the RV. So he traveled around the U.S. Uh, and uh, and just to give you an idea of how great Tom is, he had when he originally penned the idea years ago for this this book called A Course Called Ireland. He walked around Ireland yep. and golf, walked and golf, and just never stopped. And then he did Scotland as well. And mm-hmm. then then I met him on my tour. He became he was part of my tour, 
when he, uh, he reached out to me on Twitter. I was celebrating a sober anniversary and Tom sober as well and reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to be part of this tour when you come to Philadelphia and we played and we hit it off. We're obviously kind of the same sort of animal, golf animal. And so we had this great time out there and then maybe towards the end of my tour, he, he says, Hey, I just want you to know I'm doing something similar to you. It was like, it was planned out in advance. It was like a whole trilogy of these books. And I just don't want you to think I was ripping off your idea. And, um, Obviously, I was like, Tom, I'd be flattered if you mimicked my idea. Um, and the fact that you even would, would feel compelled to call me and, and, and ask, you know, for permission or not. Not that he was asking for permission. Just give me a heads up. Yeah. Give, is, a, is a tribute to the sort of uh, just considerateness that exists with, with Tom and within the world of golf. Yeah, look, I enjoy listening to Tom Coyne. If I ever um, get the chance to hear him on a podcast or whatever, I'll always tune in to, to the Tom Coyne story and just to listen to him because he's a hell of a funny guy as well. He's, uh, yeah, his style, yeah, his style is just so open and honest and, you know, he'll he'll, he'll have a laugh at himself and, uh, you know, we really appreciate that uh, here as Aussies. And uh, so I love listening to Tom. I actually listen to a course called Scotland on the plane on the way home from a three-week visit to Scotland uh, last year. So it was the way it was the way that I capped off my my trip was to finish my trip of playing golf and it was essentially a family trip because you know we're, I'm a Scottish Australian I mean, I'm married to a an, an Irish Scot so it's all, yeah. all Celtic over here but uh, I listened to a course called Scotland and it took the whole plane ride from from uh, Edinburgh back to Melbourne and it was just a great way to to finish off off a trip listening to Tom talk about those stories so we talked earlier just a little offline is a book something that you might consider encapsulating your journey so far in the RGV tour? Yeah, and that's, I mean, hats off to, to Mr. Tom Coyne. He's obviously a, a very talented, a New York Times best-selling yeah, talented yeah. writer. Um, and so I, I figured that I could I could do do that as well. And writing a book is, is hard. <laughs> I've never written one before. I do some blogging on my on my website, yeah. but you guys can certainly go and, I feel like my writing's gotten much better, but writing a book is a whole nother animal and, and enough people had asked me for it and there's certainly a demand for it. And I, I sat down and I was like, do I want to do this or not? And at the end of the day I said, yeah, I mean, I want to do it for myself. I'm not doing it because I was going to try to be rich or a, some sort of famous author. I want to do it because I just feel like I, the story needs to be written in a, in a manner that I can hold up a thing and say, this is it. This is that year of 2018 and the stories that I remember and how it made me feel and the places that I went and how it changed me as a person. Uh, and it's all there. I mean, I'm putting it all in there I mean, from, from kind of my, my experience as where I came from, how I was in golf and how it shapes my, my life and talks about uh, a little bit of, you know, just me as a person too, is, is my, my sobriety. I, I'm drinking at 25. Um, and so how that kind of plays into the, the golf thing and, um, and then the stories, I mean, it's got stories from the road, it's got lists, everybody likes lists. So it's a very, it, it's light, but it's, it's got some serious parts to it and it's, it's going to be beautiful too. I mean, I've got the, the photography to make it, make it shine. But I think the idea of, of my book is to have somebody pick it up because they're interested in that photograph and then they read a little bit or there's a listener. They think they're like, Oh, that was funny or entertaining or like informative and they they get sucked right in. So that's that's the idea. 
And if nobody buys it, I'll be happy that I, I wrote it. <laughs> that was my that was my thing. Although I do have about three or four hundred pre-orders of people that are <laughs> that are part of the tour. Um, and yeah, I wish I could write about every single one of them because every single one of those people was was special that that, that joined me. Uh, unfortunately, that it might be a run on run on book or uh, I don't know how, how quite to frame that. So I, I tried to pick some of the, the stories that really stick out to me uh, in terms of days and it's uh, it's almost criminal to trim it down yeah. um, in, in some regards, but uh, it's also very difficult to write a, write a full book and, and keep people interested and have it uh, remain high quality throughout. So the, the, the challenge of writing the book is, uh, I started right afterwards, got it all down, and then I've kind of taken a break and I'm coming back to it and realizing that I <laughs> there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, but I have consulted with Tom. Tom is, uh, um, I mean, just obviously gracious with his, with his time, and um, a lot of the, the work is in the rework. Yeah. And you got the, the stuff down, and then to make the pages sing is a tough, and it's a talent that obviously... Um, few people in this world have and um, to varying degrees. And so I'm just hoping to be a little bit of that um, when you pick up the, the book. There's no ETA on it yet. I don't have a, I don't have a publisher. I might self-publish and then once it goes big, somebody else will publish. That's a whole, whole world I, I don't fully understand. But I do know that I can write a book and I can uh, get somebody to put it together for me and have it in my hands and, and say, I did this. And that's, that's the path that I'm on right now with the, that tour. If you go down the line, and I hope you do, of doing the audio version of a book as well, my my as as an audio book consumer, because I I spend about yeah maybe four three three and a half hours in a in a car every day transiting into and out of uh, the city from where I live, so I have a lot of time to listen, and I love listening. I'm a terrible reader, but I love listening. My my advice to anyone that's thinking about doing an audible book, an audio book, is to narrate it themselves. If, if at all possible, if they can, narrate it themselves. I just think that every time I hear someone narrate their own book and, you know, I've either followed them on yeah. some sort of media, I just have such a deeper connection to to that person and, and that story when I know that it's the person that's story whose it is narrating it. Just that's all my thoughts anyway. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so uh, I'm doing a little bit of that. That's one of my, uh, my writing techniques is that I I'll write a paragraph and then I read it out loud to myself yeah. and see how it sounds. Um, and I've, I've found many paragraphs get, get much better after I, I read them out loud and, and say, how does that sound? Like, is that how I talk? And so a lot of the book is written in that sort of, um, yep. sort of manner. And so, yeah, I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down and, record audio and, and have an audio book for, for people to, to listen to. And yeah, that's an easy thing. I, I have no problem. Um, I gladly take that advice. The, the trick was to get the words down paper and then I'll, I'll, I'll read it two or three times. <laughs> we'll, we'll send it out your way. <laughs> oh, it's just, look, I just know how I re- how respond to uh, when I listen to audio books. One, one question I was going to ask yeah. is in, in terms of writing. Yeah, there's so many, I was saying there's so many different ways to consume uh, content these days and uh, not everybody reads books. And so and that's great. Yeah. You, you don't need to, uh, I'll read the book to you <laughs> just because just I want to share my, my stories. Cause, well, even um, after, yeah. 
after this, uh, you know, 40 minutes or so, it'll be even more enjoyable. Um, one thing with writing, the vlogs, mm-hmm. people say that, you know, the vlog is, is, is a changing art form. It's not dying, but, you know, vlogging is, you know, I guess the, the art of writing is, is changing in this world that we have and everything's going to be very visual. I mm-hmm. am, myself am committed to, you know, starting my own little web page, you know, on the back of this podcast and, and writing about some of my experiences. You know, I, I, as much as I don't read, I listen, but I, I do like the idea of writing something in more of that journal type sort of style, not a book, not a book. But, and I think a lot of people that I speak to have expressed an opinion or expressed a thought that they would like to write some of their own golf thoughts down. You know, just when they, who they've played with or where they've played and course, it might be a course review or a product review. They want to write that. Do you have any, you know, when you're under the pressure, you know, you were, you were driving, playing 36 a day, you know, travelling around the country, hosting people in the RGV and then writing. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the tips that you would say, you know, if you're going to write, start with this thought. Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky place to, to navigate and the blog is everybody – wants to be a blogger like it really blew up when I say wait so you travel around the country and just write about it and then that's how you make your living or like that's a, you're taking a vacation for a, a job <laughs> and so everybody wanted to do it and so now it's very oversaturated and uh, I, I wasn't one of the first to get into the space no. honestly and so I still I'm still kind of growing up in that um, but it's I mean it's to write I mean when I was doing all that on the road I mean if you're doing all these things it's right things that, I mean, the list are, are people love to do that. You've got to get, get, you've got to write stuff that you actually care about too. Uh, if you don't care about it, you're just writing a list to get clickbait and people, it's just not, it, it, it's not sustainable. It's not going to be fun to do. And people can tell when you're, you're full of it, right? People mm-hmm. want to see somebody talk about something that they love and they're an expert in. And that's the sort of thing that you've got to choose to pick, pick what that is and then and make it concise and, and useful um, or fun or funny and like figure out what you are in that space and then stay committed to that um, and do it regularly. And that's the hardest part too. Is, I mean, like every Tuesday we've got a new this and that coming out. Um, so it's got to be something that you can be like, I could write 50 articles on this, no problem, right? So you've got to find um, things that have some sort of depth too and that you can talk to in depth. That's the sort of stuff you, you should be writing about, and uh, you know, obviously, golf falls under that for me. And so it was, it was easy to do those sort of things and build a build an audience. On obviously, and this is one thing that everybody does is that you, you take all. You're always looking where you need to go, and then you, it's tough to look back and realize that hey, you actually made some progress here. Or you you know, you've done some cool things. Uh, and you build some people that in audience or that care about what you're doing. Because uh, you're always like you're always looking at somebody that's doing it better, or they've got a bigger audience, or they're doing this, and they, uh, yeah. And so that's a that's a struggle. And the key is to focus on like just do it for you. Like do if you've got those things like, hey, I'm passionate about this. I'm writing about. It. I think it's good, entertaining, it's useful, it's funny. All those different things. Like just do you, and and uh, you'll get the reward from just that in its own right. And people, people will gravitate towards that. Um, when you don't, people will, people will not. Yeah. And so even if, you know, you don't build this massive audience, it's like this, I mean, it's very difficult now to become internet famous. I think people have like these misconceptions about how, how you can do it. And, um, 
don't do it for that reason yeah. because uh, that's short lived and it's not self fulfilling. So like if you're like if I didn't have an audience, um, I would still do this stuff. Honestly, I just uh, for myself and yeah. to have a record and to to document these things. I'm probably my favorite fan of my own website. I'll go on there and like reread some stuff and like live these photos again and like, you know, cause that was my story. So I should love it more than anybody else does. And I do. And yeah. so it's, it's like this cool thing that I just got, like, this is my golf space and this is my stuff. And this is the, the things that I can go back in 10 years from now and read this story about, how I played the old course with Bill Murray and it, it was, it was awesome. And it was like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'll ever forget about that story, but other stories it might not be top of mind. And, yeah. It's, that's the sort of stuff that I think is um, how you build any sort of audience. And obviously, mine could always be bigger and, and better, and I could do more. Um, that's at least how I think. Uh, so you got to keep going at it. And it's not a problem then if, if you're you're grinding on it and you love to do it. You're like, oh, this is this is worthwhile. Matt, that's some great information there for anyone that's thinking about writing. And I d- definitely agree with if you're doing it to grow your own audience with that's top of mind for you, that's probably the wrong, the wrong angle of attack. Everyone who's listening will, will work out their own way if, that, if writing is what they want to do. The other part of, of your world, the photography world, and you mentioned uh, Channing Benjamin, so you, you've mm-hmm. done the golfography courses and there's another one coming up in May in Indian Wells. Now, I'm not sure as, you know, in the current, yeah. current climate, is that yeah. subject to? Unfortunately the state of the world is now such that everything is canceled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's just, uh, there's great reasons why that is, is the case, um, for the, the health of the world. Right. And so people can survive instead of perish. That obviously takes precedence over something like the golfography. Um, so we're happy to put that on the back burner given the, the current situation, but we were excited when we established this thing. Uh, we, we did, it was more of an idea um, that Channing and I had, uh, or it was mostly Channing's idea, and I certainly kind of fell in line and supported him on it, but it was a golf workshop, a golf photography workshop, around this sort of experience where we come out and we're like, let's give it a shot. Let's see what we can do. Let's put together kind of this idea that we have this experience around photography and how people take pictures of golf courses, because it's it's, it's, it can be really exciting. And I can't tell you how many times I in my heart race and I've been out of breath on a golf course uh, when that magic hour hits because it's like there's a lot of different photos that you can get from different angles and stuff. And so it's the kind of thing that golf photographers know. Like there's a it's this desire to get to like, let's do an event around that. We did this first one at Rams Hill Golf Club out in Borrega Springs, California. It's in the desert, Southern California. Beautiful golf course, Rams Hill. And we had, there's probably maybe six guys that signed up. It's, we were like, let's keep it small so like we can like, you know, the idea is to teach people how to do book photography. So if we got 100 people there, it's like, it's difficult to give that one-on-one attention. So it was, it was easy to keep it small. Um, and we had this amazing time with this, with this group of uh uh, maybe there was a dozen or so total of us. Um, and with the, the favorite part was like the whole day was kind of overcast. And so like with overcast photography is okay, but you're not going to get anything really spectacular until there was a, there was a point in the day where this rainbow came out out of nowhere, this rainbow comes out and we all just went 
bananas for it. We photographed the bejesus out of this thing in like 20 furious moments in minutes. And uh, it was it was pretty stunning to see everybody just going all around. And then we shared all the photographs on social media. And what we realized was that, hey, the winner here is Ram Hill. And we're all winners as well. But, like, we got close to, like, a million eyeballs on this golf course. And it looks beautiful. I mean, Golf Digest was chiming in. And so we're like, there's a business idea here where we can share this with other people. And other courses would, would gladly be excited to have this sort of event at their at their, their places. And so we, we talked to the folks at Indian Wells and they loved the idea. So we set this up and it was scheduled for March 28th and 29th. And unfortunately it's been postponed until we can figure out when it makes sense to, to gather um, again. And, and we have talked to several other clubs. And so we have stuff scheduled for the summer and as well as, as deep into the, the fall. And, and, um, a place called the, the Dormy Network has secured a couple of events with us. So it's kind of like this little mini business that Channing and I have going. And it's, it's awesome. Like this, these events are, I mean, the swag alone is the first place. It's like they're getting like their entry fee and just like swag. Because everybody, it's a fresh way to just showcase and create content. And, you know, golf courses have advertised in magazines forever, right? Or yeah. these traditional methods. And this is a new way. It's a creative yeah. way to say, hey, why don't take some of that budget that you're, you've been spending every year and the ROI there is ho-hum or immeasurable and why don't you spend it on try, try something new? Yeah. And we, we provide the statistics and the reach and we leave them with this catalog of amazing photography to showcase. And so we're like, once we kind of went through this and pitched it and, and got a, uh, other courses excited about it, we were we were really stoked for this event that was coming up uh, in, in Wells. And we had a couple other uh, influencers that will come in as well to boost just the, um, the excitement at the event. And then obviously there's online excitement as, as well with some of those influencers. Um, and then to have it, have this uh, unfortunate and horrific virus kind of dictate the terms was unfortunate, but you know, <laughs> anything anything good you're going to have to work for in this world and so Channing and I will continue to make sure that this is uh, we call it the golfography obviously photography and golf combined um, and we'll work hard to make sure that those events uh, happen uh, looks like later rather than sooner but we're, we're stoked on that I mean there's yeah, there's just endless endless opportunity for how big that can get yeah. we necessarily want it big but like um, how how good it can be, and that was evidenced just by the first event. We only had one so far. Yeah, but stay stay tuned for more. Yeah, I think when these times pass, I'm ho- hopeful and optimistic that everyone will rebound and and rebound pretty hard with excitement and enthusiasm to get back out there and do what they've had to put off and do it. You know, with a new zest for life, and I'm pretty confident that uh, when it does get back up and running, you'll be even more inundated with people interested. How many people do you think you know is the max on that you'll have on a on a course like that? Yeah, I mean we're we're capping it, uh, and obviously it's it's kind of new and catching on. But we don't want more than a dozen. I mean, a dozen yeah. is like max. Yeah. Um, and so we want people that are excited about it, uh, happy to pay a, a decent-sized entry fee because they're getting some money. They're getting the golf. Uh, they're getting the, the instruction. They're getting the swag. It's super cool. Like, people are really great. We've had great 
I mean, Callaway, TaylorMade, you've got Garrett Light, who makes these amazing sunglasses. And then Tamron is, is in, involved there. Worldwide Golf Shops. I mean, there's there's a lot of really cool swag these, these participants get. And so from like a value standpoint, it, it, I mean, it's a really cool thing that we're able to do. And so we look forward to having people. I mean, the first people that came, they were like, this is the greatest golf experience I ever had. And, this, and then it was like... Yeah, it was something special, and so we're like, we can we can recreate this because I know it. I did it every yeah. day on the RGV tour, or tried to. And there's something magical about golf and like-minded individuals and a, and a cool place that just makes these sort of things just so awesome. And uh, most golfers have experienced that. That's why they come back. It's why they travel all over the, the globe. It's to find that that sort of moment, and and that's what we're creating, and that's what we're we're giving to to the people and to the to these golf courses that are um, that share our opinion on these sort of events. So, if you're a budding photographer down here on the Mornington Peninsula in uh, Victoria, Australia, running around with an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever whatever you choose to uh, carry on your golf adventures, what would be some of the tips that you would suggest to someone if they bumped you on the street and said, "Hey, PJ, how do I take good photos?" What would you yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I mean that's the cool thing about iPhones. And uh, these these days, I mean, there's a lot of sort of graphic power in that little that little device. It's also a phone and email, and I think it's amazing photos with just my iPhone. Um, and, it, and it's basic things. It's like going back to the basics of, of photography. It's composition is, is is probably the first one. Is to I always tell people like look for stuff that's like interesting to you. Like if you stop and look twice, they're like, why did you? Is it is it uh, a particular hazard that's unique? Is it the way the light is hitting that flag? Um, or, or is it, you know, a water feature that you're interested in? Or maybe the tee boxes are, like, really coolly stacked. I mean, there's so many things that are neat about neat about golf. And then figure what that is and then try to kind of frame that into that photo. Have that be your showcase. And, like, go back to things like the rule of thirds um, for, for composition. is Put that in, in a spot where people's eye is going to be drawn to. And, and take a picture of the stuff that interests you. It doesn't necessarily have to be your standard shot. Mm. It can be, I mean, obviously the pin flag is a, is a focus because it's, it's the target for the ball goes. It's what everybody associates with golf. But there's other, other things that are also cool um, that you can, you can take pictures of. And so, so that, and then, uh, then know what good lighting is and, and, and take pictures in the, the golden hour, you know, an hour before sunset. Uh, hour after sunrise. I mean, that's when the light is low and you could take two pictures at two different times of the day. One would be unbelievable and the other one would be like, uh, it's so bright or, you know, oh, yuck. <laughs> I mean, lighting is so important when it comes to landscape photography and outdoor photography. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's it. The, the lighting is everything. Uh, and then composition is, make sure that it's like 80% of your photos is just blue sky. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that one always gets me. A couple other things that I would like to talk to you about on your travels. Then you went to Ireland. When I went to Ireland, yeah, it was it was it was glorious. It mm. was glorious. Yeah, I remember I stepped out of the plane, and I, it was it was a solo mission for me. I was like, I'm just going to go for two weeks and just drive around, and play like 36 a day. Um, middle of summer, I took, I took uh, two weeks off of work and I went and. Um, and the first thing you have, you're driving the wrong side of the road and you have to figure out how to navigate all the roundabouts, which is new coming from, for us coming from the uh, United States. 
And so I'm like sleep deprived, figuring all this out. But once you get to the golf courses, people are like, I mean, it's the first place, um, it's Port Marnock. Um, and they were, they were like, they, they knew who I was. <laughs> they were like, Oh, PJ is here. And I'm like, Oh, these guys know who I am. And they're excited to, to have me out. And the, it didn't stop. Like the friendliness of people in Ireland is unbelievable. Uh, and the golf courses will change your life. That's what I tell people. It's like, if you're a big golfer, if golf's a part of your DNA, and you haven't been to Ireland, you need to go because it will change your life for the better. And you'll appreciate different things about the game. And you'll do it in a different light. And you, have, you simply must do it. You must see and experience Lynx Golf. And the variety that, that exists over there is so much more so than, the, than you see in the United States. And, and it's just, you're like, oh, that's interesting. They would never, they get crucified for building something like that over in the United States. <laughs> and it's, that's what's great about it. You're like, why, why? I mean, I think sometimes you get too way, way too formulaic on some of these golf courses. And, uh, and, and it's not the case over an island. You get stuff. And it, I, I just loved it. I freaked out, freaked out the first time I saw Royal County down, um, freaked out just probably as much when I saw, uh, I saw Ardglass, you know? And I, so it was like, that place just blew my mind. You got like this, like the oldest clubhouse in the world. It's like this old castle. And then you hammer it over the sea. And then the second hole, I mean, I could get into Ardglass. And then we could have a whole, I could do an hour talking about how I loved every single one of those golf holes. And, uh, you know, stuff like that, it just thrills you. And then, I mean, I went up to uh, Port, I saw Port Rush before they played the uh, the Open there, so I drove. I mean, I like spent like five, and I and I saw Ireland. You know, I drove, and then I went all the way down to the Southwest and did um, and did Dukes and La Hinch and Dunebeg and Waterville. Oh my gosh, I'm just thinking about now. I want to go back now. There's and and for every big name course you play, like there's seven I should have played. Yeah, dang it. You know, Tom, that's why Tom knows what's up. Tom Coyne played them all and he walked it. There's so many jam packed into there. And so Tom knew what he was doing. I only had the fortune of playing, I don't know, I think I played a dozen or so golf courses, all, all relatively big names. Cause I would just, I had to see Valley Bunyan. You have to see it, yeah. you know, instead so of go out there and see those holes. You're like, Oh my gosh, the, the dunes and the, the, the elevation and the, the seaside links are just, unbelievable and if you haven't seen it you're missing out you're missing out the same same sort of thing can be said for for scotland but ireland really uh, holds a special place place in my heart because it was the first time i saw golf like that yeah on such a scale that um it really it changed changed my life i reckon that's how i would describe it as well as changing my life and definitely my perspective on golf i I'm very, yeah. very familiar with Scotland and I've played quite a bit of golf in Scotland over the journey. I remember I had a little break in the schedule after the 2016 Open, which was at uh, Troon. I had a little window and yeah. I, I took myself down to La Hinch. And, you know, that, that for me sits as one of the markers in my life of, you know, a time of change and change of mindset, change of attitude. I don't, I don't know how to fully describe it, but, you know, I get the opportunity to give a lot of information to, to my clients and, and the people that visit my business that want to go to Ireland because they know that I've been, they know that I've been to Scotland. So they say who, what, where. And the thing that I always end up coming back to is, is I say, you know what, if I had to be dropped somewhere in the world 
today because COVID-19 was, was it and that was the only place to go, it would be La Hinch. For me, La Hinch is just some sort of mythical, magical place. Not not just the golf course, but the whole surrounds around there. And I just I just love that part yeah. of the world. Just uh, I love La Hinch. Goats. There's goats out there that know the weather. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I played La Hinch, um, I was like, it was, it was foggy and it was like sideways rain and it was horrible. And the rest of the trip was sunny. Remember, I got sunburned on the back of my calves. It was so sunny. And I was like, well, I got to get some sideways rain to like say that I was here. You know, that I did it. And uh, I got it in La Hinch. And I, st- I loved every second of it. I was sliding down the um, the the dunes. Cause, you know, that fest, you get slick in the rain. Yeah. And like, I, there's a couple videos. We got to find the one of me sliding out. Of the <laughs> like the greens from down these hills. Like, where's Patrick? And I'm just having a blast over there in the, the Irish dune side. And uh, La Hinch, it was, I mean, it was, I saw it in probably the worst conditions you could ever see it in. So I can't imagine going back um, under like a, you know, one of those beautiful uh, photography-wise days and capturing that, that place again. Because there's some holes out there that are very, very special and really fun to play. And it just embodies everything. You're right. I mean, it embodies everything that's great about um, Irish golf, right now, there. Now the Scotland Vloggers Challenge from last year. How did how did that come about for you? Well, that was that. That was a that was an email out of you know nowhere. Essentially, yeah. um, they said, "Hey, we're looking to do this this sort of cool idea." And I think those guys came up with they came with it on their own and said, "We're going to have some um, golf personalities come out and then compete against each other and just kind of do something different to promote the the varied courses and that." the sort of just golf wonderland that um, Scotland can be. And so we came out and we did, I, we did that with, um, it's Rachel and, uh, and, and Ryan, Rachel McQueen and uh, Ryan Tripp. And we became like the best friends ever. We were, I was just messaging with them earlier today. Those, those two were my, were my warriors and we competed as a team and then against each other. Um, as well, and uh, we dominated the competition team wise, and so that was that was fun to do. But I mean, it was more so about exploring just the, the side in a in a rental car with with two. I don't know how they knew we were just going to be like. I mean, there's you have good connections with people in golf always, but they, those two were we were we were just having the time of our life from the time that plane landed. And they lost our luggage and our golf clubs, and we didn't. We, we managed to make it work, but oh gosh! I mean, I'm looking, trying to think of the courses we saw. Where Laura, were you? You were up north. Uh, you were up north, weren't you? You were in the in the north team. Yeah, in the Highlands yeah. Uh, area up there, and so we got to saw play like Broers up there. Um, Murkar Links was one of those places that I absolutely loved. And I was like, why have I not heard of Murkar Links before? this place is pure magic. And I don't know, it's just like, I don't know, maybe it was just my mood or something, but I keep looking back to those photos. I was like, no, Mercar Links is something, it's right across from Royal um, Aberdeen. And so it's like, everybody goes plays that one because it's a bit for that. Um, but yeah, Royal Aberdeen, I think. Um, and, but Merc, I love Mercar Links. We, and, you know, there was, was the Trump course out there is uh, fantastic, despite what you think is uh, Trump. And then, uh, what were some of the other, I mean, there's, we played a lot of just kind of cool, um, cool courses, cool places, about like seven or eight courses that we saw. 
Um, I guess like the Ryder Cup, Glen Eagles. Um, where they, um, that joint, where they, that, they hosted that, the Ryder Cup there, and then it was the Solheim Cup was played shortly after we left. And so that was cool to see that. I mean, there's it was a, it was a pretty fun little – I think we spent 10 days and loved it. I was at the Solheim Cup uh, last year uh, when I was there, and uh, Glen Eagles as a, as a whole – precinct just blew me away it's obviously different to like a Merkel links it's not the same you know and it's not designed yeah. to be but uh Merkel links is equally fantastic but glen eagles is just a complex you know with this old castle is just unbelievable you you had never met ryan or rachel before no no i no. never met him before yeah. um i think you know we'd see each other on the internet as you do yeah. um instagram but you know you only i mean people put one aspect of their stuff online and so you never really know I always give my, my friend Channing a hard time because, like, <laughs> I didn't know I didn't I didn't know what to expect when I met him. But when I met him, we were like instant buzz, instant like right. same sort of connection. And I always tell people that like Channing is way better in person <laughs> than he is in social media. And I think, which is funny, because it's always the other way around. You know, people always put not that Channing's bad on social media, but like the vibe I got from him is way better in person. We, I just liked him a lot more in person than I do on the internet. Um, but, uh, you know, Rachel and Ryan, they're, they're, they put together their, the pretty honest portrayal of the people that you are in real life. And sometimes you see from time to time that people are like, Oh, this is a, this is a different story that's portrayed online, um, versus what it is like when the rubber hits the road in real life. And, um, and the best people are the ones that are just genuine, authentic. And it's like, you know, they just, and people are in, like those are the ones that actually get the most traction, have the most following, and uh, because it's it's real and people people know when when they're dealing with something that's on it. Talk to me about the signature move and and doing the sig- oh, doing the, and doing the signature move across the Swilk and Burn. Um, yeah, I guess the signature move. Um, but did, when did I start doing that? It was in Hawaii, and I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I was like, I was coming coming up with an idea for a video, and I was like, how about I do a compilation of high kicks? It'd be like a high golf high kick video. <laughs> I was like, that sounds funny, and so I did it, and it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty funny. I thought it was great, <laughs> and my buddies were all laughing. And, um, half the time was hard enough. Like back then, I was like, still is. Like my buddies, they just want to play golf, and I was like, it's like, hey Brad, could you high, you know, take a video of me high kicking? <laughs> and he's like, what? And, and so they, they don't laugh at me too much anymore. I know that I've got a, you know, I've got a chance to play, play golf with, with Bill Murray. But that, so I did this high kick thing and then I did it in like a, a another thing where I was promoting a product. And my buddy was like, dude, you know that like the high kick's like your thing now. And I was like, oh, but I guess, I guess that's a good thing to be known for on the internet because there's a lot worse things than you could be known for on the internet. Uh, other than the high kicking prowess. And so um, it was funny. I, I mean, people would ask for it on the tour and they're always like, see some of them high kicks. <laughs> uh, so I like to, I haven't done one in a while. I mean, I, I guess there've been, you know, you, you tend to uh, tend to lull on things like that from time to time. Uh, but now I'll get back out there, do some more, some more high kicks. And yeah, it's kind of, it's just a fun thing that uh, turned into, turned into something um, that people like. So you got to give the people what they like. Exactly, man. Exactly. Now, I was looking at the high kick in slow-mo last night, and uh, are you a left footer or a right footer? A right footer. Right footer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like how the, the, the right leg, yeah. the right leg, you know, you don't use the right leg excessively in the high kick. You know, it stays up pretty high, and then it 
goes through the flight and then it kicks out at the end. And, and I was just trying to replicate that. And I, I can't actually replicate the high kick like that. You know, the, the right leg just stays cocked, ready for the kick, right from the off. I love it. Yeah. It's my personal style. I never really honed it. It was just my, it's just a natural reaction to what I feel like I need to do, you know, in a good moment on the golf course, you got to let that kick out. And, uh, I certainly do. Oh, and you, well, you mentioned the follow up to bring that, that story full circle of the spoken burn is that I mentioned earlier that I got a chance to play golf with, with Bill Murray. I think I mentioned a couple times and it's one of the first things I like to lead off with when I meet somebody new. Um, just to impress them, you know, I'm, I played golf with Bill Murray and they're like, wow, this guy's a real deal. <laughs> so, so I got, I, I got the chance to do it, um, at the Dunhill links. I was, I was doing photography for the, the Dunhill links and covering the tournament via social media, which was a dream. And then I got a chance on the Monday after to play golf with Bill Murray, uh, five hours with one of the greatest comedians to ever live. And, um, it was unbelievable. He's, 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 uh, just, he's a funny man in person, just as you'd expect. And, uh, it's funny because you talk to Bill, comedy's hardwired into his brain, who yeah. he is. And if you ask him a serious question, there's like an 80% chance you're going to get a joke back. <laughs> and, um, and it's a hundred percent chance if you're just yelling from the stands at a golf tournament where you, where you hear him, it's always going to be a joke. But the cool thing was about it is I got 20%. I was like honest, Bill Murray is a person um, over the course of those five hours. And to have golf provide you an opportunity, experience. I mean, I grew up watching Ghostbusters. And, um, you know, I asked, I asked some questions about Ghostbusters <laughs> while I was playing golf with them. To have golf provide you that experience is unbelievable. I mean, there's, it's just a, an amazing road and a really cool sort of full circle thing. Um, not a full circle, but like an, an experience like that to be brought to you. Um, by a game, so so cool. And um, we were coming down. And we actually we started on the third hole because it was a, a scramble. Started on the third hole, and so we we're playing about one and two were our last holes. Um, so it was the first was um, our seventeenth hole, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess it, somebody told me you should you should high kick over this this the smoke and burn. That'd be a cool thing. So I did, and somebody somebody just recorded it I was just it wasn't even a, a thought out thing and the video is great because you don't know that Bill Murray's there but I come and I do this like, a pretty lame kick over the burn I was just point where I was like oh I'm doing this all wrong it's like I might fall on the burn and be horrible <laughs> horrible but I, I do I jump the burn over the uh the first hall at St. Andrews and then uh the camera pans over to to um to Bill Murray who's just sitting there watching that and the, the guy on the camera said, was that the most impressive thing that you've seen all day Bill and he looks and he, he says in Bill Murray fashion the most foolish the most <laughs> foolish and so um, it, it's fun to be critiqued by by Bill Murray so I got some I got some growing up to do according to my my pal Bill Murray at the end of that day when your head hit the pillow it must have been one of those you know moments in time where you've gone what just happened what 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 went what went on today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of those in, in yeah. golf, and that was certainly one of those things. that's like, yeah, you kind of don't. But you know, people are people, and yeah. so it's yeah. like yeah. that experience was not. It was amazing. You know, combined the sort of star power and the sort of celebrity culture that we're all kind of a part of. 
um, from that aspect, it was unbelievable. But the experience was real, and it was um, just people enjoying a golf course at a at one of the most special places to to enjoy it. So yeah, I mean, you do shake your head and be like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're when you're down, but then the next day I got up and and uh, I went and played some golf out at Royal Barnick the next day. So it's kind of like, I mean, sometimes the hits come in bunches, and, and on that particular trip, they certainly did. Very good. Well, I can imagine that you uh, you must be pretty fond of Scotland by now. You've been there a, co- a few times there. Uh, do you like the joint? Yeah, I love it. I yeah. mean, I'm familiar with Scotland. I've been there I don't know, three or four times um, at this point in time, but like. I mean, if you, I don't even know when you get tired of it. Yeah. The, when you, when you're like 75 times and you've seen all the golf courses. Um, and I don't know if that'll even happen in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure it won't happen. In my, I'll be amazed if I get to the point where it's like, I'm just tired of Scotland cause I, I'm just so used to it. <laughs> um, I'll be an old dead man by that, that point in time. Same goes for Ireland. And I mean, I haven't even been to Australia yet, so I got to get out there and, well, that's I where I was. That yeah. Well, that's where right. still some new courses at. That's where I was going, and uh, you know, it's obviously a weird time to talk about travel, but it's you know going to happen again. And uh, what do you what are your thoughts on Australia? What do you know about it? What when you picture it in your mind's eye? What do you what what sort of visions come up? Well, I love the word sand belt because everything that's built on sand is always unbelievable, and it's uh, I mean, if you know anything about architecture. That's what they're looking for. You know, guys are building great golf courses today. Um, Mike Kaiser and the, and the dream golf team, you know, they're building some of the best golf courses in the world and they're looking for sand. And so where else can you find it? How about a place like the sand belt? Mm. And, you know, you see, obviously we, we watched uh, um, the president's cup in Royal Melbourne and it's just mouth watering things to see and to listen to them talk about the strategy of that golf course. I was like, get me on a plane. I need to go right now type stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, just some of the photography and, and knowing that the legends of the, the, the game, uh, from like McKenzie designing courses over there. And I mean, it's, it's, and everybody you talk to about it, it's Ben said, Oh yeah, well, it's up there. Um, so I know it's going to be good. And, uh, in New Zealand there too, although I've told you can't like, unless you got like two months, you can't blend the two. Um, I've heard amazing things about, uh, New Zealand as well. So anyway, I need to get out there stat. And unfortunately the, the virus is preventing me from getting on, on a plane and making that, making that dream come a reality, but it will someday. Yeah, it will. Look, there's a week or so of golf in New Zealand. You know, you've got Queenstown, you've got Tara Edie, you've got Kinloch and all, all in and around there. There's probably a couple of weeks of oh. great golf over there. I'm surprised that no one's really jumped on the RGV type uh, situation here in Australia. Is that something that you do, jump in an RV and scoot around Australia for a good six months or so? Yeah, you can easily do it. And um, the key is to get in and have an audience and to yeah. have a plan to create content. And uh, it's difficult to do. It's not like... I mean, if everybody could do it, it was amazing that everybody would be, be doing, doing it. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that um, require some sacrifice in certain areas. Um, and never, I mean, especially people with families, that's a whole different, different ball game. Um, you know, if you've got kids, it adds another layer to that, you know, so it's um, a difficult thing to do, but yeah, you know, there's, I'm game. I'm game for that sort of experience. And, uh, and they've been, the logistics behind it um, just haven't worked out for places like Ireland, Scotland. It's 
I mean, you'd have to get a smaller van, but like that's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, and there's just, I mean, the idea is flow and they don't stop flowing in terms of content and, and, and cool things to do when you get in that sort of predicament. It's really fun. Really cool. In closing, is there one story from the RGV tour that you could tell us that would either make people laugh, enlighten people? Is there, is there one single thing, you know, in, in anything that you're writing or have written that, uh, that you're happy to share? There's not, there's not just one. Um, I, so I struggled for that. Cause you want to like, yeah, the, I tried to start off with something that was just like the one story. And I don't really have anything too crazy. Like that's one thing I, I wish at some point, like a gang of hobos would have tried to like seize the RGB and I had to defend it with my seven iron. Like that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, not, I wouldn't have, I would have been happy at the time, yeah. but like from a writing standpoint, it would have been unbelievable. And then when I asked this question, boom, away we way goes this amazing story. But it's like every time somebody asked me that question, because I've been asked, I don't know, 50 times that, that question. Right. Okay. Every single time it's, it's some sort of, uh, it's a different story, which yeah. I think is, is, is cool. And it's, and it's fun. Um, and, and I'm trying to think of a couple, one that pops up that I haven't really used as an answer to this question before, but it's one of my favorite stories and it does tie into the high kicks thing before. And so, uh, we're out at, uh, canal shores and it's just this little muni in, uh, the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. And we're doing, I'm we're playing golf. Me and, me and one of the guys out there. And um, <laughs> I'm working on creating some sort of like high kick in the tunnel with like the shadows. We're just trying out different ideas. It's not really working out. We did a couple things, whatever. Um, we're posting to the stories. And at the end of the tunnel, I see these, these two kids. And I'm like, these guys are like lost or something. Cause they're like, there's nobody in front of us. And so we go up and we ask them and they, they see us coming. And one of the kids goes, are you, are you Patrick? And I was like, I was like, yeah, yes I am. He's like, Oh good. He's like, you know, we've been following along in the Instagram stories and we pinpointed your location. We just wanted to come out and say hi. <laughs> and so, so immediately I'm like, this is cool. This is awesome. And, uh, so I'm like, Hey, how you kids doing? It's like, you guys junior golfers. I noticed they have their, they brought their clubs with them. And, uh, so I, I asked them if they wanted to, to join, join and play golf with us. It's just two of us, me and my friend Brad. And, uh, and so they join in and they're like, just thrilled to death. Thrilled to death. They're super excited. We played for like four holes. When the kids made like the 30 on the first hole out, you could tell they were pretty excited to be joining the RGV tour. And we thought it was awesome because they like literally stopped us down and joined up. And uh, one of the funny thing is the end of that story is uh, we, we get back to the parking lot and they give them t-shirts to be a part of the tour. And then we're like, all right, see you guys later. And then they go and then they come running back and like, Hey, can we get an art? Can we get a ride home in the RV? And I'm like, sure you can. <laughs> and um, you know, it's kind of it's not what their parents would have wanted them to do mm. because I just imagine pulling up to their home in the suburbs of Chicago in an RV, you know, this is the RV with total strangers and out come their, their children out of the RV running up to the house, all excited that they just got to play on this, this sort of thing. So fortunately, you know, my RV is, uh, it's got a website on the side and it's, it's very professional looking. 
I can only imagine what their parents must have thought uh, when their kids ran out of the house to go get picked up by some stranger driving around the country <laughs> in a recreational vehicle. Um, but it, I mean, it was like, you know, that was just one day. This is one story from a couple kids that warmed my heart on the RGB tour. Well, I can see why that would warm your heart and I can see why it would inspire you to keep going on and also to do the things that you've talked about today, doing the journaling, the writing and the continuation of that story and the continuation of the journey of PJ Koenig. Mate, yeah. I think I think I've taken up way too much of your time and I really do appreciate it. I really appreciate the, the fact that you know when I reached out to you, you reached straight back and it's really absolutely not been an issue and I hope you've enjoyed an hour or so chatting to me I've certainly enjoyed chatting to you for an hour and I know that my listeners out here in Australia and the other parts of the world that uh, tune into the My Love of Golf podcast will listen and will enjoy if they want to if someone doesn't know you already I'm surprised if they don't but if they do where can they find you where's the best place to go yeah well I mean I would say it's a it's a pleasure to talk to you as well because I think we both love talking about this stuff and so it's been it's been fun and if you want to see hear more of these types of conversations, right, it's at, it's at pjkanig.com and pjkanig is uh, my Instagram handle. Uh, but most of my stuff's on my website there, pjkanig.com. And it leads to all of the weird roads of the, the golf internet uh, start, start there on my website. And I'd love to hear from people on social media, as always. So thanks so much for, for the conversation you can go onto that website and you can donate to that charity and I forgot to mention that uh, you the part of the great job is that you raised 20 grand for the first tee in uh, Greater Seattle and that was that was really nice so you can go on and donate there's a link there on your website to donate to that man appreciate yeah, it again yeah. appreciate it again and I hope this isn't the last time that we'll be in touch you know I'll be on your side of the world there one day and uh, Indian Wells I've played golf at Indian Wells 1987 PJ I played golf at Indian Wells and yeah, uh, yeah. nine eighty seven. <laughs> yeah, been man. around. I've been it's around. Still kicking strong. It's in beautiful shape. Yeah, I'd love to go back there and, and see my uh, friends and family uh, that are in Palm Springs. But uh, that's another time and another story. I hope it's not the last time we connect. And I really do appreciate it. Thanks again for listening into the My Love of Golf podcast for everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this chat with PJ Koenig. Thanks again. 